0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb.
1: Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. So Joshua chapter 1, verse 8,
2: here's what God tells him to do to be strong and of good courage. Here's what he tells him to do. Here's what he instructs him to do that will bring victory in every case, in every situation. He says this book of the law, that's all the Word of God they had back then, So he's talking about God's word. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Shall not depart out of your mouth. Shall not depart out of your mouth. How do you keep words from not not departing out of your mouth? As soon as you say something, it's gone. How do you keep it from departing out of your mouth? You say it again. Yeah, but then that goes away so you say it again and then when that leaves your lips you say it again and again and again and again now notice what he wants him to do and why this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth the word of God shall not depart out of your mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night notice what God defines meditation as he's saying meditation is speaking the word into your own heart into your own spirit Now, sometimes people get uh, all bugged about the word meditate and they think of Eastern religion type stuff where somebody's sitting in a lotus position with their eyes closed humming or something or whatever they do. I don't know. But meditation, Bible meditation is not about emptying your mind. That's not what Bible meditation is. It's not emptying your mind of anything. It's filling your spirit with the word of God. Now that will certainly affect your mind because the more of you, the word of God you put or speak into your spirit, the more you will begin to think in line with what God's word says. So meditation defined as by the scripture, defined by God himself, is to speak the word of God into your own heart. Now you may remember over in Mark chapter 4 verse 26, again where Jesus is explaining to his disciples about the, the parable of the or so in the word. And that's such an important story because Jesus said it's the key to unlock the mysteries of all the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He said, if you understand this parable, you'll be able to understand everything there is about the kingdom of God. That means you'll be able to take hold of everything that Jesus has purchased for us and provided for us. And Mark chapter 4, verse 26 says this. Jesus said this. He said, the whole of the kingdom of God is as if a man would plant seed in the ground. And the ground he's just talked about is the heart, the human heart, or the human spirit. So he says the whole of the kingdom of God is about speaking God's word into your own spirit. He says the guy rises every morning, goes to bed at night, goes about his daily activities, his daily life, and the word sown in his heart produces he doesn't even know how. That means every situation you and I encounter for ourselves. Now, again, it doesn't apply to everybody else, or it doesn't apply to us praying for everybody else, is what I mean. It applies to everybody that takes hold of it. But where our situations are concerned, every one of those situations can be turned to victory by speaking the word into your heart. Everyone. Everyone. James said it this way James says, That a man that's able to control his tongue, he uses the word bridle, but he's talking about controlling it like we control horses by putting bits in their mouths. He said a man that learns to control his tongue can control his whole body, can control everything about his flesh. It all comes down to the same thing, and that is speaking the word of God, saying what God's word says. Now, there are going to be situations that we encounter in life where, we, where the Word of God
0: and what the Word of God says is in direct conflict with the circumstances that we're experiencing.
2: So, we're going to have to make a choice. What are we going to say? We're we going to talk about what's going on in our lives? We're we going to talk about what circumstances are around us? Or are we going to talk about what God says? Well, the way to victory is to say what God says. Clearly, and the modern church proves this often enough, clearly you can say whatever you want to, and it doesn't have to be
0: God's word. But if speaking God's words bring victory, what does speaking the devil's words bring?
2: Defeat every time. And that's how the devil's trying to take the word out of your heart. He's trying to get you to say what he says and not what God's word says. So back to Joshua, this book of the law, this word of God shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Say it over and over again to yourself, day and night. That means just as I said, meditation is about speaking the word over and over and over and kept going. We're going to have to get to the place where we've spoken the word into our own heart, way past the annoying level way past the level where we think we've done it enough. God said, day and night belong to meditating in the word. Day and night belong to speaking the word. Now, the rest of your time is yours.
0: But day and night belong to meditating in the word. Now, why do we want to do that? Well, let's keep reading verse 8 joshua chapter 1 verse 8
2: this book of the law this word of god shall not depart out of your mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that or so that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein james said the doer of the word is blessed in his deed that means we'll be blessed of god to the degree that we do act on or live the word of god well how are we going to know what to live on or what to live by That's why we speak what God's word says. It identifies to us how we're supposed to live. It identifies to us what the word of God says so that we can act on it. It doesn't do any good just to know that the word says something. James talked about being a hearer of the word versus being a doer of the word. He said, be not a hearer of the word only. He said, those people deceive themselves. It's about doing the word. Folks, it's not enough to know that the Bible talks about tithing. It's not enough to know that the Bible talks about giving. You've got to be a tither and a giver if you're going to have financial blessings work for you.
0: Thank you for your enthusiastic response. As soon as you talk about people tithing, as soon as you talk about people giving,
2: everything gets real quiet. I don't know if people are afraid we're going to take another offering or what. But that's not the point. The point is, it's being a doer of the word that brings the blessings of God's word into reality in your life. This book of the law, this word of God, shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then, after you become a doer of the word, for then you, thou, you shall make your way prosperous, and you shall have good success. So to get what's going on, remember the context of this. God's telling Joshua, I'll be with you just like I was with Moses, and no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. You'll defeat every enemy. You'll lead the children of Israel into the promised land. They'll take possession of what God wanted them to have all along. And he's telling Joshua, my power is with you. My strength is with you. My victory is with you. But it's only by meditating in the Word to become a doer of the Word that you make your way prosperous. God didn't even say, I'll make your way prosperous. God didn't even say, I'll bring you into good success. He said, that's your job and mine. The Word will do the work if we work it. And it'll bring us into good success. It'll bring us into abundance. It'll bring us into the fullness of everything that Jesus died for us to have. But you have to work it. Now, here's where a lot of Christians mess up, I think, too, is because they're asking God to prosper them. They're asking God to give them good success. We're trying to put over on God what he just told us was our responsibility. It's amazing how many times believers are trying to get God to do what he told them to do, and they're
0: trying to do what God said he'd do. And that never works. God said, cast your care over on the Lord, casting the hold of your care over on him, for he cares for you. We try to get people, or people try to get God to take our cares, but he won't. He'll catch them if you'll cast them over on him. But you have to give them up. The Bible says that we increase by giving. Luke six thirty eight, 38, give and it'll be given
2: unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give unto your bosom. But so many times people are trying to take to hold on to what they have. And they don't realize that they're robbing themselves of God's plan of increase. You know, a good rule of thumb, folks, is whatever the world says to do, do the opposite. Because there are things about the kingdom of God that don't seem to fit in our situations. They seem to be actions or directing us to take actions that'll bring us into more
0: trouble and not deliver us and give us victory. And clearly, our attitudes and and our positions
2: toward the word is of vital importance. Think about it like this God said concerning the tithe, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord, if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there is not room enough to receive.
0: If that were a formula, banks would tithe. If that were a formula that works every time, no matter
2: what, then unsaved people would have figured out the formula. And they would give money to churches or to organizations, Christian works and so forth, not because they want to help, not because they want to do good, but so that they can make a better return on their money. But it doesn't just work because somebody tries to work a formula.
0: It only works when you do it with the right heart. Or let's say it this way. It only works when you mix faith with it.
2: So what does the devil do? Well, in this particular area, the devil tries to convince people that tithing was an Old Testament thing. Okay? We first learned about it in the Old Testament. Some people will say tithing was fulfilled by Jesus when he fulfilled the law. Well, tithing wasn't part of the law. Abraham, Abraham paid tithes 450 some odd years. Paid them to Melchizedek some 450 years before the law of Moses ever came around. So it can't be part of the law but people get all bent out of shape. They convince themselves that what the Bible says
0: about God's way of increase is not the way to go. Folks, let me give you a piece of advice.
2: Always remember this. God is smarter than man. And whatever plan or idea or fiction that man comes up with to discount the word of God will always fail. It always will fail. It'll always fail. It's not a matter of if it will, it's just a matter of when will it. So God told Joshua that the way to have victory before all of his enemies, the way to to make sure that no enemy would stand before him with any greater degree of success than he stood before Moses is to be a doer of the word. To speak the word of God into your own heart. To say what God's word says so that you'll know how to act on the word. Now some people will say, well, God doesn't want everybody to have success. Well, he sure made a mistake telling us how to do it. He lays out clearly for everybody to see This is the method. This is the way that you have good success. This is the way to bring prosperity into your life. Meditate in the Word and do it. That's God's plan for success. And if He didn't want everybody to have it, if He didn't want everybody to be successful, why in the world did He tell us how to do it? They act like God never told Joshua anything other than, Don't worry, I'll take care of it. I'll make you to be whoever I want you to be. Because that's the way so many people are trying to live. Whatever God wants me to have, whatever His will for my life is,
0: He'll just make sure that it comes around. Well, it never comes around. Because, like I said before, God doesn't move based on need, He moves according to your faith.
1: Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing.
2: Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, You are free from the influence of sickness and disease.
1: Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikewebb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.
0: He moves according to your faith. Now, after we put the word of God,
2: we've decided what we want back to the steps of prayer. We've decided what we want from the Lord and we found scriptures that promises those things. And we put those scriptures in our heart and prepare ourselves against when the devil comes. Everything is designed for the devil to steal the word of God from your heart. Every doubt, every fear he brings against you is designed to get you to doubt god but if you know what the word of god is if you know what the word of god says concerning your situation then you can defeat him every time turn with me over to first john chapter 5 first john chapter 5 notice verse uh well what is it verse 14 john says and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if, literally since, we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Now here John is talking about one type of prayer. He's talking about the prayer of faith, the prayer that receives from God, the prayer that changes things, the prayer that calls things that be not as though they are. Notice what John said. Notice the way he said it. He said, this is our confidence, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Well, what is the will of God if not the word of God? Isn't the word of God a revelation of God's will? Isn't it the only source that we have that shows us how God is and what God does? Well, then how could it be anything other than his will? The word of God is what reveals the will of God to us. The word of God is what shows us God's attitude towards sickness and disease. The word of God is what shows God's attitude toward lack and poverty. The word of God shows us what he sent Jesus to accomplish for us. So if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And since we know he hears us, we know we have the answer. Now, folks, that doesn't sound like a hit and miss proposition to me, does it you? Then we'll paraphrase some of this. If we ask according to his word, if we pray the word, If we remind God of what his word says about our circumstance and our situation, then he hears us and we have the answers that we desire.
0: We have the victory that the Bible tells us is ours. It all comes down to the word, folks. It all comes down to the word. We're going to have to put the word of God on the
2: inside of us to such a degree that we're ready to use that word against the devil when he comes. Remember when Jesus was tempted of the devil after the 40 year, uh, days in the wilderness? Matthew chapter 4. Every time the devil brought a temptation, Jesus answered with the word. Isn't it a good thing Jesus didn't have to go look up the scrolls to find out what to do and what to answer? No, he was prepared ahead of time. He had put the word of God on the inside of it. And he used the scripture as a weapon or certainly as a shield. Paul identifies the, the uh, shield of faith uses the illustration of faith as a shield to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked well doesn't that paint a picture for you of the devil trying to attack you and you defending against him that's exactly what jesus did in the wilderness he answered every time it is written he knew what god's word says now folks jesus was the son of god he was without sin he had laid aside his heavenly power and glory the bible says But Jesus found the effective weapon against the enemy's attack to be the word of God spoken from his mouth. Why should we expect anything else? Why should we expect our means of victory or our defense to be anything else? Jesus provided for us an example for how we should act and how we should operate when the devil attacks us too.
0: He spoke the word. He spoke the word. He spoke the word. Now, since we've taken step one,
2: we've decided what we want from God. We found scriptures that covered our case. We put those scriptures into our heart and not just in our minds that we may use them against the devil when
0: he attacks. Now we're ready to pray. That brings us to step two. Step two of how to get your prayers answered
2: is identified in Mark 11, 24. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. The second step is ask God for what you want, what you found scripture for, and believe that you receive it when you pray. Believe that you receive it when you pray. Brother Hagen told a story about a guy a pastor in a church in Texas somewhere that had had diabetes for 30 years. Over a period of 14 years, 14 of those 30 years, Brother Hagen held seven different meetings in his church.
0: The shortest meeting was 10 days. The longest meeting was three weeks. And this pastor
2: was telling Brother Hagen, in the year that he retired from pastoring the church. He'd been there for 42 years. He told Brother Hagen how that he received healing from his diabetes. And Brother Hagin said, well, that's wonderful. How'd you do it? He said, well, I finally, it finally dawned on me what you were preaching. It finally dawned on me what Jesus said it finally dawned on me that I had to believe that I received healing for the diabetes before I have it. Now for 14 years he heard the word preached. He heard Brother Hagin teach on faith. He heard Mark eleven twenty four, dozens of times, maybe hundreds of times. But it never occurred to him. Good man loved God. Brother Hagin said he's one of the best pastors he ever met in his life. But it didn't dawn on him. He said one day I got the revelation on it. He said, I saw that what I was trying to do is have my healing before I believed it. I wanted to see the change in my body before I believed it was done. Now, remember, the prayer of faith is the prayer that changes things, it's the prayer that calls things that be not as though they are. He said, So I started saying, I believe I received healing from sugar diabetes. And the devil would come and told him time after time. You don't have it you don't have it and the pastor answered back that's right mr. devil I don't have it it's my jo- not my job to have it it's my job to believe I receive it and Jesus said I'd have it he said every day when I gave myself that shot of insulin every day when I checked my blood uh, my sugar levels in my blood or my urine he said every day I'd confess I believe I received my healing from sugar diabetes He said, every time I would think of it, he said, I'd walk up and down the the aisles of the church. They lived in the parsonage right next door to the church, so you could just walk right next door. He said, I spent hours of days saying, I believe I received my healing. I believe I received my healing. And he said, one day, I got in my truck. He was going down. They had a, a, a food pantry type thing in a certain part of the city that was Separated from the church, he said, "I got in my truck to go down to the food pantry, carrying something in the back." He said, "I got into my truck, and somehow or another, a bee came in through the window, and the bee was buzzing around him. So he's starting to swat and everything." He said, "Somehow or another, the bee got in behind my glasses." He said, "So I'm slapping my glasses go one direction, the bee goes the other direction." He said, "But in the I'm driving while all this is happening." He said, "I'm not paying attention to the road." A bee in your, behind your glasses would probably make you forget about being in on the road, wouldn't it? He said, so I ran up over a curb and hit the tree. Well, this was long before anybody had seat belts and stuff like that. So he hit the steering wheel, knocked the breath out of it. He said there for a minute, I couldn't breathe. And he said, I thought that was a goner for sure. He said, but finally I got my breath back and went to the hospital. Doctor wanted to check him out. He hadn't broken anything. He just bruised his sternum on the... Uh, steering wheel he said the doctor just small town same doctor that was um, his personal doctor was involved so he asked him he said uh, are you still taking insulin he said yeah he said well let's leave it off for a few days well brother hagan the pastor told brother hagan that was three years ago and i haven't had any insulin since so he didn't even know really how it happened or when it happened If he hadn't gone to the doctor, he'd still be taking his insulin, I guess. Believing God, mixing faith with it every time he did. So he says, I really don't know when it happened. But that was three years ago, and it hadn't had any more since. Now stop and think about that. Fourteen years.
0: When he could have had his answer if he had just understood. Fourteen years.
2: Now as he had had diabetes for 30 years. And somebody might say, well, his pancreas just started producing insulin again. But that's not the way it works, folks. Your body just doesn't all of a sudden correct itself on something like that. So, what did it? Well, isn't it an interesting coincidence that he got exactly what he said? He got exactly what he said. Now, in Bible terms, That means God honored his faith. Because what he said was his faith speaking. What he said was
0: his faith speaking. Folks, faith will do anything. Faith will produce everything. If we'll just work it. If we'll just work it. This pastor was late to the party. But he got exactly what he believed for. You can too. Jesus said all things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. Jesus defined the prayer of faith by saying, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe
2: that you receive them and you shall have them. Don't let your circumstances take you away from believing and confessing what you prayed to receive. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church.
1: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb.
2: After you've found the Word of God that covers your case, put it into your heart, prepared yourself to use it against the devil when he attacks, step two is very simple. Ask God for the things that you want and believe that you receive them when you pray.
1: Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.